0: So we're gonna have a good day, hey.
1: Welcome to Rise with Emily and Audra. I'm Dr. Emily McRae. And I am Dr. Audra
2: Rankin. We are educators, healthcare providers, and mothers who view
1: the world as an unlimited learning opportunity. Rise is a podcast that highlights how we learn from the experiences and stories of others to create new perspectives that improve our own work. Listen with us, think with us,
2: learn with us. And along the way, be inspired to rise up above your day-to-day.
0: All right, this really shouldn't come as a surprise. Knock us down a thousand times. In the mornings, we will rise. This really shouldn't come as a surprise. Knock us down a thousand times. In the mornings, we will rise. Okay, shouldn't come as a surprise. Because every morning, we will rise.
2: Okay. Welcome to Rise with Emily and Audra. Today we have Randall Cobb, who is going to tell us a lot about leading in professional sports and outside of professional sports. So today we're going to start off by just welcoming you, Randall, and saying thank you for being a part of the podcast. And then we want to ask you a little bit about where you grew up. I think you grew up in a a small town, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that.
3: I did. Well, first and foremost, I would like to thank both of y'all for having me on here. You know, uh, anytime I'm able to do something, especially with my people back in Kentucky, it's always special for me. But I really appreciate y'all putting this together. And, and leadership is a huge piece of, of everything that we do. But a little backstory on me, I grew up in Alcoa, Tennessee, which is right outside of Knoxville. It's about 10 minutes from the University of Tennessee. It was a small town about 9,000 people. Alcor is the Aluminum Company of America. That's what Alcor stands for. It was founded by the Aluminum Company of America, the company Alcor in 1919 and it's a very very small town that's a working class base and my grandmother you know she didn't even graduate high school and went to work at that facility you know as so many family members and family, friends that have worked for Alcoa. And it's a special place to me. And, and, you know, it's always going to be a special place that I call home. And along with uh, Kentucky being that next place, my old Kentucky (laughs) home.
0: What
2: is one thing that you learned from growing up in a, a small town?
3: One thing that I learned growing up was probably that it takes a village. It takes a village to raise kids. It takes a village to hold each other accountable it was a very tight-knit community that i came from the neighborhood that i grew up in is the hall community it's known where i where i grew up as the 13 streets you know it's only 13 streets that was predominantly african-americans that lived there and it's a very close-knit community that looks out for each other and tries to help each other i try to be as active as i can even now uh, back in the community and help out where i can
1: Randall, you talk often about your parents having an influential role in your life. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: For sure, and I think now, even as a parent, I think I have a more of an appreciation for everything that my parents did for me and the way that they provided for me and the guidance throughout life that they gave me. It's very special to have the relationship that I have with my dad and with my mom, and I think back now that I'm raising kids, about certain moments that I had and reflect on what they did in those moments, because I feel like there's such, so many things that you can learn from in life, but especially through those moments, you know, whether it be good or bad, being able to learn and grow and move forward and try to help. You know, with my parents, they did a great job with keeping me away from the wrong crowd and guiding me and pushing me in the right direction. You know, uh, there's a lot of friends that I grew up with, childhood friends that are in prison right now. I have a few that have died or have been murdered. And, you know, I have a lot of PTSD from a lot of things that happened in my childhood. I got a lot of trauma from, from a lot of those things, but they did a great job in a place where things can go the wrong way very easily. They were able to help shape and push me in the opposite direction to become who I am today. And definitely if it wasn't for their guidance and the principles that they taught me as a child, I wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't care to know Randall Cobb or, you know, have me on your podcast.
2: That's a pretty powerful statement about your parents and what they've given you. And you're really lucky that you have that. Were they people that kind of pushed you into sports one thing i didn't know about you is that you were a letterman in three different sports in high school yeah. and football yeah. basketball and track and you know i think of you as you know somebody who's well known for your athletic abilities in football and i had no idea was that something you know being involved in that many sports that ultimately made sure. you a better football player too? it
3: definitely did you know I, I was very very fortunate that my dad coached me on just about every team that I played on up until high school or middle school. He was very, very supportive and attentive in everything that I did. If it was baseball, he was one of the coaches. A lot of people don't know this, but I actually won the World Series. I was on a team that won the World Series in baseball <laughs> when I was 10, the AABC World Series. We, we played China, actually, in Knoxville uh, <laughs> That's
1: so cool. That's amazing. <laughs> so
3: from the age of five until my senior year of high school, I played sports year round, It was football, baseball, and basketball. And then once I got to maybe seventh or eighth grade, I dropped baseball and picked up track. You know, I think, again, going back to that role that my parents played, it wasn't that they pushed me towards sports. I just love sports. And they saw the, the love that I had for all sports. It wasn't just football. And they helped guide me and push me. Like I said, I played on a travel league baseball team that we practiced 45 minutes away. And my dad would take me twice a week to practice, 45 minutes away. I would have basketball teams that I played on the basketball travel team, AAU basketball team. And we would travel around the country on weekends, and then obviously football. And being able to have those long drives and spend that much time with my dad most of the time in those situations, you know, grew up on a lot. but. I definitely think that being able to play multiple sports helped me become the athlete that I am today. I equate a lot of what I do to that because like, for instance, I return kicks on the football field. Like I used to be a kick returner and a punt returner, and that has a lot to do with the flight of, the, I learned the flight of the ball from playing baseball in the outfield and the ball coming to me in the outfield. So there's a lot of crossover in sports that really grows your skill set and, and makes you a better at, a af, all around all-around athlete as you get older. So I definitely, definitely thank my parents for basically funding all that stuff because it's not cheap. I mean, like you, you will realize here in a few years how expensive sports are, but especially when it comes to travel sports, they did everything they could. They provided in any way that they possibly could for me, and I'm forever grateful.
1: That's great, and you're right, I've got some, some children in travel sports, so I'm just at the beginning of <laughs> understanding this, but... Oh yeah, woo, never you know, is. You have to keep No luck it. to
3: ever having a weekend again.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. all the things your parents did for you. I, it's an outcoming... <laughs> full circle. Uh, full circle here, for sure. Well, Randall, you went on to play football for the University of Kentucky, and you were actually one of the most versatile players on that football team but then you also decided to come back even after signing a contract to finish your college degree. Can you tell us a little bit about that and can you tell us what receiving that degree meant to you and your family?
3: It was huge for me coming from where I come from. I don't know too many college graduates in my family in particular. I'm the first college graduate in my immediate family My sister actually this year just graduated college, so she is the second. Like, you know, she's seven years younger than me, but it changed the trajectory for my family forever, me going and getting my degree, because now I'm able to put the pressure on everyone that comes after me, whether it be a sibling or whether it's my kids. This is the standard, this is the bar where the bar has been set, and this is what is expected of you. I couldn't say that if I didn't have the degree, regardless of the financial freedom that I may have and the situation that I may be in. Like, it's very easy for my kids to point their finger at me and say, well, you didn't do it. So that was a huge piece for me, going back and getting my degree. And for me, growing up, I didn't really value education the way that I do now. And I think it's the perspective of the life that I've been able to live and the things that I've been able to learn and understand. And I I value it. I used to use education as a vehicle. You know, all I was worried about was getting good grades to get to the next test or the next grade or to graduate, it wasn't it wasn't about absorbing the knowledge that was presented to me. And now looking back, I, I missed out on a lot of opportunities to retain a lot of knowledge because I overlooked the value of that. But I think that's a huge part for me is, you know, now that I am a college graduate, that's not enough for me. You know, I plan on going back to school after I finish playing and, and getting my master's. So that's the future.
1: That's awesome. Audra and I, something we're both passionate about is lifelong learning. It sounds like you're very much so in that same camp. Uh, you know, anything anything that you can continue to learn throughout life is amazing. How do you think that your passion for going back and completing that has influenced you on and off of the field?
3: It's been huge. For me, finishing it, that obviously helps me off the field with, you know, being able to have that transition to the next phase of my life, because there's a lot of NFL players that don't finish school. And after they're done playing, they're they're fighting to get back into the league or, you know, working out to try to make a team instead of moving on to that next phase of life. You know, right now I'm, I'll be 31 next month. And I hope to play another few years, but at the same time, if I do, I'll be 34, 33, 34. And, you know, ready for that next phase of life. And I have my degree as something to fall back on to propel me to whatever it is that I decide to do next.
2: Randall, your degree was in leadership development, and that's a little bit intimidating for Emily and I because we are supposed to be talking about, you know, leadership principles, and you are kind of the expert in
3: leadership. <laughs> I wouldn't say that.
2: <laughs> you can teach us a lot, but I am curious about how you would describe yourself as a leader. Like, what type of leadership style do you think you
3: lean towards? For me, I think the style that I am most comfortable with is leading by example. I can speak and will speak at times when I feel it's needed, but a lot of the times I just like to go and do my job and be that person to look that's viewed as, OK, he does things the right way. He does things the way they're supposed to be done. He shows up on time. He's not late to meetings. He is consistent in practice. He's consistent in games. He, you know, he, he picks up where others leave off. I, I try to do everything that I can to lead in that that way, but at the same time, not speaking as much. Whenever I do speak, those words carry weight because I don't speak a a lot. So I think people understand that and, and know that about me and a lot of the teams that I've been on, that's kind of the way that I've been viewed. But I think something that's very important about leadership is learning how to follow learning who to follow and knowing who to follow because not everybody is the leader that you want to follow. You know, it's it's all about positivity. And for the sport that we play, it's about bringing the team together and bringing the team closer and making things more fluid. You know, so a lot of times in football, we hang out away from the facility so we can build and mesh and be one with what we're trying to accomplish.
1: That's a great segue into the next question I wanted to, I was just curious about. You have served as a leader on multiple, multiple teams, including three professional teams. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that you often have multiple personalities of teammates that you have to kind of help manage for the greater good of the team. Can you tell us a little bit about that? About how you, I guess, manage or balance strong, different strong personalities of different players for the greater success of the team?
3: For sure, for sure. Everyone has a different personality. And everyone, they are who they are, right? Like, you're not going to change someone. If someone is the way that they are, like, you got to accept them for that. And, you know, I think that makes your job a lot easier when you can understand, well, you know, she is who she is. He is who he is. and being able to put them in positions to succeed, being able to notice how they respond to certain things. And maybe it's someone that needs to be called out in person or maybe it's someone that needs to be talked to in private because they react to it in different ways. And I think the more that you're able to learn body language and be able to see the cues that someone has, I think it goes a long way. And the more that you know someone on a personal level, I think it it's beneficial. I know obviously you want to remain coworkers and leave it at that, but also at the same time, we all want to feel wanted and needed at our job. So being able to grow a personal relationship and get to know the person, they will feel more valued and cared for if they have a personal relationship and, and be willing to respond to you positively. So i think that's something that i've always tried to do is get to know my teammates on a personal level get to know my training staff on a personal level all the people that i work with throughout the building just because it it, it brings synergy and we're all continuing to chase the goal that we want to accomplish but we feel like we have a deeper connection than just high and by at work
2: i think that is such a good point and i'm curious if that is a characteristic that you see on a successful team versus maybe teams that you've been on that have wanted to win, but aren't as successful, you know, what are the characteristics that you see that make a team great?
3: I would say actions over words. There's a lot of words that are said that aren't followed through on, right? No big code words that you hear every football team say, and a lot of places that I've been, they talk about discipline and, accountability and being who you say you're going to be. Like, I think that those are very important to not just talk about it, but to see the actions come from it. Someone says that they're disciplined and they show up late to meetings and you're not disciplined. Like that's, that's not carrying out the action that you talk on. So that's one of the huge differences between teams that I've been on the really, really good teams that I've been on. They're self-motivated and They are really disciplined. They're someone that you can account on. They're always there when you need them. You don't have to worry about finding where this guy is or if he's late to anything or or, or anything like that. So I think it's it's, it's probably been a huge difference, the biggest difference between the good teams I've been on and the bad teams.
1: Randall, as a well-known professional athlete, you receive many endorsement offers. How do you decide which offers that you are personally going to accept? In other words, how do you determine, I guess, which offers are good for your personal brand while also being aligned with your goals, your family's goals?
3: I think when it comes to endorsements, I want to have them match up with who I see myself as. You know, Unless it's like headphones or something like that, it's like, is <laughs> a piece of my dream, whatever like okay like you want me to endorse it i think i can help you out with that uh, it, but i would say i like to align myself with brands that are aligned with my values uh, the way that the perspective that i have on life and the morals that i have i, I would hope that the company is matching up to those same morals and beliefs and uh, that's kind of how i choose who i work with i
2: think that makes a lot of sense and really speaks to you and how much you, you know, value things that are important to you and your family and your community. And, you know, I think that when I think about our students and people who are listening to this podcast, you know, we think about your role as a a football player and as a well-known athlete, but I want to hear more about your family and what you're doing outside of the football field. So can you tell us a little bit about your family and and maybe you kind of spoke to this already. You know, one of the things that really stood out to me is that you talked about leading by example and then you shared the story of going back to get your degree and how you wanted to do that for your kids because that, you know, is really leading by example, right? right? But can you tell us a little bit about your family and, and what type of legacy you wanna leave um, for your kids?
3: For sure, so my wife, we met in New York back in, 2011. We were friends for a while and we started dating and got married in 2017. And now we have two kids, two boys, Caspian and Kay. Caspian will be three next month. Kay just turned one this past January, really close in age. Uh, so we're, we're going through it right now. We're three and one year
2: olds. We understand.
3: <laughs> yeah. So you know really that's my life outside of football i'm home spending time with my kids you know that's the stage in life that i'm at you know there's not really much that we do like we'll go to dinner from time to time we just took our first vacation without the kids here a couple weeks ago but that's everything to me you know whenever i'm not at facility or not doing what i need to do for my body to keep it in top shape and condition i'm spending time with my kids and hanging out taking my son on bike rides or You know uh, just just basically being there spending time like having that presence that i had from my parents i think is the biggest thing because at the end of the day they're not going to care how much i can provide for them they they care about that time that's spent and i i try to remember that and remind myself that that that's most important and the legacy that i just want to leave i want to leave them with a last name that is that is reputable that they are proud of and not ashamed uh, whenever someone you know says their name or says their dad's name and that's kind of how i go about life is to be a role model for them and, and to try to accomplish everything that i want which i feel like i've i'm living out my dream right now i always wanted to be a professional athlete and i've been doing that now for 10 years and I'm ready for that, whatever the next phase of life is, whenever that time comes to recreate myself and to do it all over again. And I think for them, I want them to understand the perspective of life that I've been able to gain. I want to expose them to different things. You know, I've been able to travel around the world and see different things. And I want them to understand how similar so many different people are you know my wife she is persian so we're coming bringing two cultures together and and we want to expose them to a lot of different cultures and and just give them a a very broad perspective on life
1: i love that in healthcare right now there's a lot of buzzwords around self-care and you know how you know people getting burned out and and that applies to any industry but I love hearing that you're gaining back from your kids it sounds like hearing you talk about them your self-care outside of your work is being home and spending that time with them and teaching them and you're probably receiving tons back from that as well so that's really cool for
3: For sure work-life balance is huge Uh, (laughs) you know I, i try to leave whatever happened the day at work at the door when i walk in and you know try to be the best dad i can be and let them continue to think I'm super bad. So.
2: <laughs> That's going be great. Yeah. Randall, thank you so much for doing this. We have loved learning from you. And we like to end all of our podcasts with three very quick questions. So this is just the first thing that comes to mind. And we ask all of our guests the same one. So just a couple words. But our first question is, do you have a favorite leadership quote or book?
3: I would say right now I'm actually reading Chris Bosch. He just came out with a book, Letter to Young Athletes, and he's got some really, really good stuff in it. And I think he gives some insight to what it means to be a leader throughout his book and the different ways to be a leader and being able to curb your ego and realize that our ego isn't going to do anything but hurt us. It's going to put us in a position that, is not for the team. It goes against everything that the the team is trying to do. The disease of me is not something that is gonna help the team. So being able to understand what your role is and and how you fit into the bigger picture.
1: I like that. Okay, question number two. What is one thing on your wish list, if you will, related to healthcare? So anything that you wish to see happen in in healthcare or Wish about healthcare.
3: <laughs> I'm still waiting for. I don't know if you've seen the movie Elysium. You know, with that, it's it. a movie about a utopia that's outside of the Earth, and you can travel to it. And it has this table that just scans your body, kind of like a biodex machine, and heals whatever is wrong with your body. So, Definitely. whatever you all can create, like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs>
2: That sounds pretty incredible. So our last question, and we've talked about this, and it sounds like you believe in the value of lifelong learning, just like Emily and I do. But if you could learn anything new, what would it be?
3: I would say multiple languages, just being able to communicate with different people. And I think a lot of things get lost in translation because we have these walls up, whether it be language or whether it be not understanding where someone else comes from or the life that they lived. I think being able to learn different language and being able to communicate with everybody so we're, so we're all on the same page.
2: I love that. I was telling Emily, and I've said this actually to some of her other guests, I, I think learning languages is so much fun, but I, like you, grew up in a small town, but I grew up in eastern North Carolina, and I have such a thick accent that when I try to do, you know, Rosetta Stone or Learn, I always flunk every single (laughs) pronunciation, (laughs) but I'm trying hard. It's something that I believe into. So
3: have you tried Duolingo?
2: No, but I've heard about it. Maybe I should try that instead.
3: I'm I'm learning a little Spanish right
2: now. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I love (laughs) that. Well, Randall, thank you again. This was so wonderful and, you know, made our day. Uh, So thank you so much for doing this. And um, we just really appreciate it.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. Thank
2: you. I don't know about you, Emily, but I was a little bit nervous about interviewing Randall Cobb. He is a well known professional athlete and, quite frankly, a regional legend for University of Kentucky football fans. I was immediately relieved when we talked about kids and life and my three year olds temper tantrums, and although we were the interviewers, Randall took the lead and got to know us personally before the interview. He started by asking us questions about our own families and careers and experiences in healthcare. By taking the time to get to know us, I felt much more at ease interviewing a household name during football season. Right off the bat, he led by example and taught me a lot about connecting with people. And, you know, I didn't really realize he was doing it until after the interview was all over.
1: Well, Audra, I clearly felt the same way. I was definitely nervous about interviewing Randall. I had on my Kentucky blue dress, which I felt was absolutely necessary as I'm one of his largest fans. (laughs) Within a few minutes, though, Randall showed us exactly what leading with emotional intelligence looks like. He could have launched into his schedule or his career But he was present, and he asked about us first, not our leadership questions.
2: You know, throughout the interview, Randall modeled his leadership style. He mentioned that everyone has different personalities and that as leaders, we need to understand that. We need to put people in positions to succeed and notice how they respond to certain things. As leaders, we need to change our strategy based on the person. I'm pretty sure our personalities are a bit different than the professional athletes that Randall deals with on a daily basis. I'm pretty sure those athletes don't wear Kentucky blue dresses <laughs> for interviews. But the personalities of our patients are often different than the members of our healthcare team and even of our friends and families. Having a leadership style that can pivot, in other words, that can change based on the person and the person's needs
1: is invaluable in healthcare. The more you get to know someone on a personal level and connect with them on a deeper level, the more effective you are on and off the field, in Randall's case, or in and out of the clinic, or an operating room, or in a boardroom. An example of this that comes to mind for me is when I walk into meet a patient and it's a stressful situation. I try to sit down and ask questions to my patient about them, maybe about their siblings or about their pet or about their stuffed animal that's in the bed with them. And the patient becomes more relaxed, and so in turn, so does their family. When getting to know the family, I feel like this opens the door for me to have a more meaningful conversation with that family and helps them to feel more comfortable sharing their fears that may be making the situation more difficult for them.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, on a personal level, just this morning, we were more effective in our podcast debrief because you showed me grace when I was 30 minutes late to our meeting because our HVAC unit went out and you just patiently waited as I texted 10 more minutes over and over again. So I think that I appreciated your connection with me and understanding all that I had going on so I can speak from experience. (laughs) I... Also loved Randall's stories about how important his parents were in his professional success and how much his dad, in particular, served as a support and mentor to him. He mentioned that he had a lot of friends who haven't been as successful, who have even been in prison or passed away because of different life trajectories. Randall described his upbringing with humility and gratitude for the support that he received from not only his parents, but the village that surrounded him taking time to give thanks to those who have positively influenced us and mentored us and then paying that forward and mentoring others is worthy of emulation, no matter your profession. I don't know about you, Emily, but it made me want to write what I refer to as love notes to my own mentors. You know, at the end of the day, we all just want to feel wanted and needed at our jobs or in our personal lives. And Randall made me think about how I am making sure people whether I know them personally or professionally, are being valued and cared for by me.
1: I think that's a great point, Audra, and I felt the same way. Something else that I love learning in our interview with Randall is that he truly leads by example and emphasizes how his values, integrity, and inclusivity influence his work. I agree he did such a great job showing us the importance of valuing others. I was also really struck by how much he values education. You know, it would be so easy in his current situation to disregard the value of education and lifelong learning. I was just so impressed that he wanted to go back to school to get his master's degree. He mentioned that he was the first college graduate in his immediate family. And that experience changed the trajectory for his entire family, including his siblings and his kids. Valuing learning and using that education to be prepared for different situations is a reminder that I think we can all use. In Randall's case, it may be preparing for a career that occurs after his experience as a professional athlete. And in healthcare, it may be that we prepare for different situations that occur when a patient has a different outcome than we had planned or when we experience a global pandemic and have to think about how we deliver resources and healthcare in completely different ways. Using education as a tool, as something that can inform our next moves, is something that's crucial, I think, in leading and innovating.
2: I thought that Randall articulated that so well, especially when he was talking about his participation in sports and how that helped him become a better football player. He mentioned that his experience in baseball actually helped teach him the fight of the ball and helped him become a better punt returner. Those crossovers, they're often unexpected, yet they expand your skill set and give you a different perspective that can ultimately improve your performance in your day to day job. As healthcare providers, it can be really good when we challenge ourselves in new ways that are outside of healthcare. Taking advantage of opportunities that help us gain new perspectives, that give us new ways to view the world, can only improve the work that we do every day.
1: Audra, I really liked that Randall expressed the value of learning and creating opportunities for new perspectives for his kids as well. He mentioned that his wife is Persian and that they are committed to exposing their kids to a lot of different cultures and to giving them a broader perspective of the world, which is something that really resonates with me. We can all benefit from that, valuing others and learning from others so that
2: we can have cultural sensitivity and just a general respect for people and communities who may be different than our own improves how we connect, but also how we serve in healthcare.
1: What started as an interview that we were both a little nervous about ended up being an experience where we learned something we weren't expecting. Ironically, That is the entire point of this podcast, to learn from others. But Audra, I don't know that we were expecting to learn what we actually did learn. I think today we learned to lead by example and to connect on a personal level and that actions speak louder than words. We learned the value of mentors and of mentoring.
2: We learned that it takes a team, often a village, to get things done whether it be child rearing or the execution of a code in the ICU. But by valuing each other and supporting each other, we will all be more successful.
1: And by knowing each other, we can tailor our communication and leadership strategies to individuals on our team. You know, what works well for one individual may not work well for somebody else.
2: Absolutely. I left the interview wanting to rethink my own leadership style and more specifically learning to modify it based on my situation i could probably use that strategy at work but also when i'm arguing with my girls over ballet tutus or why they can't have birthday cake for dinner
1: <laughs> or ice cream for breakfast yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely thank you for learning with us this podcast isn't about healthcare it's about how we can learn from the experiences of others to make healthcare better Rise with Emily and Audra was produced with Resonate Recordings.
2: The original song, Rise, was composed and performed by Alex Crum.
0: Alright, this really shouldn't come as a surprise. Knock us down a thousand times in the mornings we will rise. This really shouldn't come as a surprise. Knock us down a thousand times in the mornings we will rise, okay? shouldn't come as a surprise cause every morning we will rise